On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're gonna talk about leadership development and how to retain and develop top talent at your organization on a budget. That's next on Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate professionals and property management companies. I'm Jeremy Aspen, your host, along with my spouse, Gwen Aspen. Hi. Hi. No, you have one more sentence. Uh, On on this show, we're going to talk about the tools that you need to compete with any big company. It's fine. When it comes to retraining and recruiting top talent, because it's important. Yeah, so I mean, everybody's struggling with this. Are we really going with that? Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Everybody's struggling right now with hiring good people. I mean, I think in Omaha, our unemployment rate is like 1.25%. And I think that that's like a nationwide statistic. So this is the time of the year or the time, the season where people are really struggling to retain and to develop their talent. Well, so we're gonna be talking about a topic that you have spent an awful lot of time uh, thinking about, which is uh, what caused you to write a book, an ebook, which is available on the website, about leadership development. So being able to identify people who want to and who are capable of being able to become future leaders in your ever-growing company. Yes, and so um, everything that we talk about today is actually in the ebook at anaquim.net on leadership development, but the whole reason why I even came up with this book is because I got that knock on the door that every manager knows it's at the end of the day, and they're like, hey, Gwen, got a second? So, um, Avery is pregnant, and she wants me to buy a house, and I'm just wondering how I can make more money or if there's anything I can do to get promoted because uh, you know pressure's on type thing, right? And I remember getting this, this knock on the door and I just looked at this particular employee like a deer in headlights because I had nothing, nothing for planned him. For him. Nothing planned for him. And then I remember stumbling around, I didn't say anything too productive, and I was driving home from work and I was like, oh my God, there has to be some kind of system that's out there for a small or medium-sized business. And then I did a little bit of research and it was like, we could either go on a trust fall, you know, something in the woods, which I was like, I don't really think that's gonna help create future leaders. Or I could send them to some university somewhere where they would learn about things that had nothing to do with our industry. And I had no idea, I would spend like a ton of money, or we would, and we wouldn't know if the results were helpful or not. And it just seemed like the options were really limited. And so then I went to my next source, which is always a Harvard Business Review for Mm. inspiration. And I read some articles about leadership development and kind of came up with my own system on how to develop leaders internally. And that's kind of what we're gonna go over now. Yeah, because if you don't develop your A players, um, it, it's a problem for a lot of reason. The uh, A players, they're gonna leave the company if- uh, If they're if, not growing professionally. Yeah, if they're not becoming a better professional, A players, that's what they want, that's what they need. Another thing is that um, if you don't develop your entry-level employees, you're gonna have these huge gaps between 
your managers and your entry level people, and it's going to burn out your current managers. Um, you also lose engagement with staff. Like if they don't feel like you're developing them or they're getting better, they're kind of checked out of their role. You might get just you know the bare basics done with their role, but they're not going to go above and beyond. Um, businesses can also stagnate uh, when they are when you don't have anybody that's like working on themselves or their business um, as a whole, and you also have to pay like so much money for recruiter. How much are recruiters? Crazy They're expensive. Huge expensive. You have to pay more money for recruiters, and then you have to pay more to um, get those like the the big people from outside the company to come in. And one of the real important ones, I think, is that. Um a company can't value for more if it's overly dependent yes. on, the, on the ownership. And this is huge. So if you're an owner of a company and you're in charge of all the strategic planning and all the projects are up to you and then your subordinates are just order takers, your company literally isn't going to be worth any more multiples than your revenue. Right, Jeremy? That well, Yeah, count just, on it. Um, so what we're going to do, what we're going to, we need to go through is, uh, the different steps of the program. Actually, what are they? Just give us an overview and then let's drill down to a okay. couple of them. Just, this is what it's going to take to develop a leader according to your book. So, so yeah, after I had the guy knock on the door, after I had my moment where I felt like a jerk, I didn't have any way to develop people. Our plan is basically this in a nutshell. First, the people have to qualify for the program. So are you good at your current job? You, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna develop you as a leader if you can't do the basics of your job well. Then you wanna quantify their current leadership skills so that after they go through the program, you can see if they improved or not. And then there's a quantifiable metric as to whether they're good leaders or not. And then we chose a project-based approach for our development because projects are like the number one thing leaders do. They have to come up with an idea, they have to see the idea through, and then they need to get results from projects. So it's a complete project-based program. And then if they complete the projects and you like the outcomes, then they're eligible for promotion. And I should also say that we also score them on that same uh, metric of leadership after each project so they can watch themselves inch up. So what we have found is if people do projects that they can say, I owned this, I did this project, I was in charge, and they can also see that their leadership skills are developing, they feel like they're moving forward and they're gonna be more loyal to your organization and help your organization move forward faster. And also it will, will relieve the ownership of the company from doing all the heavy lifting. In, in, in a nutshell, here's what it is. Somebody comes up to you and they, says, they, they say that they want to be a leader. Fine, that's great. It's generally, you know, it's generally accepted that the ownership of a company or, or upper management needs to develop those people. But the thing about leaderships, and correct me if I'm wrong, you wrote the book, but the thing about leaders is that there's certain things that they have to do. And what this process does, what this project-based system does, is it weeds out the ones that don't actually ever get to making their lives better. And that's okay, they can stay at their job, but, they, but unless they have some success in, in choosing a project, accomplishing a project, leading people through the project, then, then they can't actually 
become leaders. It, it's and what happens is if if they can't do those things, you're going to promote people to their highest level of incompetence, nice. which I talk about all the time. It's called the Peter Principle because they're good at their current job. So then you promote them, but then they can't do the future job. So this kind of gives you a a sneak peek as to their abilities in leadership before you actually give them the promotion. And the perfect example of this, which everybody that's watching is gonna understand is sales, the Peter Principle. You have the best salesmen, they sell, 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 they wanna become a manager, and now the job description is totally different. They're excellent at selling, but they're not necessarily good at leading people. And so, they don't, and it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. You've just promoted them to their highest level of incompetence. Okay, so when uh, another important thing is, while I was coming up with the, this leadership development training, there were a lot of guardrails or things it could or could not have. So it couldn't be too in uh, time intensive for managers. As a manager of a smaller, medium-sized company, you don't have extra time to focus on maybe a uh, uneven performer, right? So you have these people that are kill it one day and then the next day totally drop the ball. I mean, we have a lot of those employees at small, medium-sized companies. So you're always like, is this the person I wanna invest a lot of time in in a leadership development program? Or are they just gonna leave once I develop them? So this is this program is totally employee-led and directed, which is really important part of it because your future managers also have to be internally guided and, and be motivated for intrinsic reasons, not because they're told what to do. Um, also, it had to be like no money because <laughs> who has money to spend on this? So the only, the only money that is spent on this program really is the time of the individuals and any resources that would go into a project being completed anyway. Um, it also had to align with company goals and initiatives, just like we discussed before. A lot of these programs that you're going to find out of the box, and I've actually talked to other uh, employers who've done these out of the box uh, um, programs, they come back from the program or do it at night and it just makes no sense and is totally irrelevant to what we do day to day. Well, there's no practical application. No you pra learned a whole bunch yes. and then you've got the knowledge, but you don't have the oomph. And it has to be super simple and easy to follow. So our program, if you go on the website and download the leadership development uh, ebook, it's just a series of um, worksheets. I know I went like super 1980s on it, but series of worksheets that your employee fills out ahead of time, then puts time on your calendar to tell you what they did in the, the worksheet. And if they're not prepared, the job, your job as the person who's mentoring this individual is to cancel the meeting and say, when you're prepared, you, we can resume these meetings. So super easy to follow. And it had to be research-based. All of this is based on Harvard Business Review articles that are cited in the ebook. So it is a project-based program, which we talked about before. There is some... Yeah, well, yeah I was going to say, so... Project-based, I mean, I don't know, I suppose there's other ways of doing it, but it, right, it's the best? Well, for our industry and property management, there are always projects to do, so I think it's the best. And then also, this was my, that was my hunch when I created it, but then just a, last month in the Harvard Business Review, there was an article about projects, and it said that, um, that GDP has actually been pretty much stagnant across the globe except for they've seen growth because of projects. So it used to be operational, like in the 20th century, operational uh, in, 
impacts like people making assembly lines more efficient and stuff that really helped the growth of the economy but then since then really we haven't seen any growth except in projects and germany has been the country that has uh, measured this the most and they can say 41 percent of their gdp growth is due to projects so we know globally speaking projects are important and we know in our companies they are as well um so in our system, the number one thing is they're going to first come to, you you know, they do the knock on the door. And then the first assessment is, are you good at your job? Which a lot of people might not really understand that they're not good at their current job. And sometimes this just leads to a great conversation about their quality of work. Like, do you show up on time? Are you trustworthy? Are you coachable? Do you take feedback well? These things that, um, are you friendly? Could I, could I put a new employee with you and you would say nice things about the company? These basic qualities have to be met before we're gonna invest in people. And right. so that's like the first part. Um, and then uh, right after that, if they meet all your objectives in their current job, then the next thing is uh, this matrix, which you can also find in the book, but we measure people's leadership skills on, a, right on eight things. Uh, like results orientation, strategic orientation, collaboration, team uh, leadership, developing organizational uh, capabilities, change management, market understanding, and inclusiveness. So they're going to come to you. They're going to fill this out and see where they are. Now, this is a matrix based on like executives at giant corporations. So your employee, your entry-level employee is going to be basically a one on everything, unless they've have some reason why they think they're higher. And then we're just going to make one composite score. We want it to come down to one number. So you add up all this and divide by eight in our system. But having a composite number, it's like you're a one in leadership because you're 21 and you haven't been a leader before. Totally fine. Once you do your projects, we'll see if you inch up. So that's kind of the goal, but it gives them kind of a metric to keep their eye on the ball and always be working on gaining and growing as a human being and uh, as a professional. So then the next step is like project brainstorming. So managers know this, like we need people on the team who can think strategically and can look at all the problems we have in our business and be like, okay, so out of all these problems, the priorities are these top four things. A lot of people don't know how to do that. If you're a natural leader or you started your own company because you just have that instinct, you got to teach other people how to do that. So you can do that through a worksheet or through a discussion where you're like, okay, do you understand how our business compares to the competition? Do you understand what makes us different? And it will give you an insight on whether your employees really just don't understand the, the bigger picture of what you're trying to do. And so it kind of can start a great conversation if your employees aren't really clear on how your business sta- uh, stands in the market. So what's nice about this this whole project thing that you worked on is that the people that you're you know that are kind of signing up for this pick a project that's actually useful to your company. Yes. So there may be varying degrees of success. But all of the energies that go into the project, by default, roll up into your company. And then if your employee's doing this project, then you're not doing it. Better yet. So you're really 
it enabling them to help the business move forward at a faster pace if they succeed. Now, one little caveat is most projects, I learned this in the Harvard Business Review, so don't feel badly if your people fall short. I mean, we have to hold them accountable, but if they set out on a project and they don't complete it, they're actually more the norm than the exception, but it just has to be followed up with like, hey, you said you do this project, it never happened. Well, and it's probably important to say that, to mention that that they finish a project isn't to say that they will get a uh, promotion. I mean, you might not yes. be grow, you might be big enough company yet, or you might. Or maybe not. the project is small potatoes. Like maybe this person, a project for them is read this book and give me a presentation on it. It doesn't have to be like an earth shattering. I haven't had time to read this book. Will you read it and then give me the highlights? I mean, that's a good enough project for some people. So we want to create projects that are at their level so that they can be successful. Um, but it. If you read a book and give me a presentation, no, that doesn't mean you're promoted tomorrow. But it might be a first step to another more complicated project. I mean, some of these people aren't, you need to set the expectations that this isn't going to be what makes you a wealthy person. But it is important for them to understand that it is what it takes to get to where they want to be in their career. Another thing is... Um, the generation, the young people today, I sound like I'm 100 years old. The young people today, they want to have meaningful work. Yeah. And actually, uh, it shows in all the research done in the Harvard Business Review um, that these projects give their work meaning. And me being in a work that is meaningful helps people engage more. So you're going to get more out of these individuals once they're part of this. So, and not in the exploiting kind of way, just in that they feel more fulfilled and they're going to put more energies into the company that you're developing. It's a win-win. So once you picked a project because it aligns with the company goals, they are probably capable of completing it. Then you want to make sure that the design from the front to end is totally outlined before they get started with target milestone dates. So this is probably a good point um, right now. If you're using traction or any kind of uh, quarterly system where you track projects, all of this just rolls up very nicely into any existing project-based uh, system that you're currently using. And so we're not adding anything to anyone's plate. We're just kind of maybe giving you some steps to help with those milestones because a lot of the times we give people projects and they don't complete them because they don't understand how to break them down into easily to digestible steps. So these worksheets help them think it all the way through. Again, this is another thing where natural leaders or people who are naturally want to run their own business are like, I gave you a project. Why can't you just divide it into easy steps? Like this is so natural and normal and so easy. I just don't understand why you can do it. It's not for a lot of people breaking it up to, into steps that takes practice and work. You found that too in your roles, haven't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, and uh, so you mentioned that there's different complexity to projects, but the ones that really develop leaders, and this is me just adding some commentary, are the ones that include more people. Because the more people that are involved in a project, the bigger it necessarily is, and the more complexity it has. So if, and plus you're leading people on a project. The nice thing about these kinds of projects is, is if that you're a project leader with maybe a low title, 
and you have other people that are higher level in the project that need to get work done, you are directing the efforts of people that are higher ranking than you. And that's uh, uh, an important tool for people to be able to develop into future leaders. So as they're working through it, um, some good things to ask them is status update. Where are we on the project? Is it on budget? What problems are you facing? What milestones are you working on? Uh, and what is your estimated completion date? Uh, do you think the project needs to change from the original idea? If so, why? Um, and the progress, one of the things to realize is that progress isn't always linear. Sometimes when you get in something, there's a big roadblock and being a leader means overcoming the obstacle. But uh, projects get stuck when they hit an obstacle and they don't have those regular meetings to make sure it's moving forward. So the check-in process is important. Again, it should be employee driven. Um, okay, so when projects close, and project closing doesn't always mean they're completed, it can just mean that they failed. And it's really important to have that conversation, even if it's uncomfortable, even if a project doesn't work out. So when someone engages in some project-based leadership development, whenever they come up with the project design, put that end date in your calendar, even secretly, so that you know they failed. Because... I, I just actually looked at my notes. Only 35% of projects actually get completed. So, so the likelihood of it failing is pretty high, but you want to reflect on that failure, not because we want to harp on people, but because that's, a, that's part of the learning process too. We learn the most through our failures. And if we're not saying, hey, you said this project would be done by now, I don't even think it's really started or, or you know, or maybe the just value of the sure. project is diminished because it's just not what was needed at that time. That's okay. And if a project does fail with one person and it's still important to your business, just change the owner of it. That's a big part of traction, uh, which we're a big fan of for, for our projects, is that if if a quarter goes by and it's totally not completed, just give that project to somebody else. Um and so, but we do want to reflect, was the goal met? Are the KPIs or deliverables actually achieved? What was the cost of the project? What was the actual cost that was, and if they fail it at it, and there was a lot of time spent on it, quantify that. Let them know that this actually costs the company money because you didn't succeed, which sounds harsh, but well. I think it has to just, as a business owner, there are costs to projects not being completed. And if I'm going to put in some more commentary, I would say there's always one more step to a project that is, um, I don't know, oftentimes missed, but it's... The rollout. <laughs> well, the rollout, that's a big one. But after the rollout's done, you got the project going. You also need to go back three, six, or 12 months later and measure to see if it had its intended effect. Mm. That's a big deal. Yeah, like if the K the intended KPI. Right. Did but, we actually but increase? But months later to see if yeah, it yeah. held because sometimes right. it's like the new shiny object and it goes away. Okay, at the end, you're going to have them review their um, leadership abilities. And now is the part where we tell you how we failed at this, <laughs> these project-based approach uh, before. So first of all, I wrote this leadership development manual like three years ago. And no one did anything with it. 
until we created a cohort of people that were doing the projects at the same time. So, so we have project-based approach through traction, but we also have a leadership cohort where they meet with one another to help each other through those roadblocks in the project so they actually get done. And having people work through this process as a cohort team makes it work better. So let's say you have a schedule of biweekly one-on-one meetings with this person doing these projects. In the week that you don't meet, they should meet with their cohort and solve their roadblock problems without your help. Yes. That has been very successful. Yeah, Um, their success is your success. Enforcing the discipline of filling out the forms is also really helpful. And seriously, cancel the meeting if they're not ready. Um, And then rolling it into the existing culture is really helpful. It's hard to do this on its own. But having this workbook in your file is great. So if if someone who you're really not anticipating is a leader at your company wants to come over and be like, hey, how do I make more money? You don't have to have a cohort. You can just give them the manual and be like, here, it's on you, man. And if they do it, then they surprised you and that's great. And you still have an answer when they, you're, when they come and knock on your door, hey, have a second. But, um, but also if they don't do it and they wanna rise up through the ranks or they have expectations that are unrealistic, you can be like, hey, I gave you an option. You can always do that option, but right now I'm not seeing you as a future leader for whatever reason it is. Because you suck. Not really. No. You don't want to say that. No. Um, okay, making sure waiting is not part of a process. How bad is waiting? You, it drives you crazy. I hate I, <laughs> I just, yeah, every time you call someone and say, hey, what's going on with this? I'm just waiting for such and such. Okay, uh, the process is stalled. This does not count as on time. If you do not have a task or some appointment set up in the future to make sure that they know it's there and that they're doing it, it's stalled. So another thing that really is just a key point from all the mistakes we've made is if you have written down procedures, do not let everyone at your company, especially if this is a cross-departmental procedure, uh, change the master document. Good God. So if you have a huge procedure, like ours was onboarding this year that was like very interdepartmental, super complex, lots of people involved. What we should do to roll something out effectively, and I wish we had learned this ahead of time, is you you have a meeting, you talk through the written document. Everyone has different learning styles, so this kind of encompasses all of them. Then you say, okay, we're gonna work on this as a beta test for the next week or two weeks, and I want you to come back to me with your suggestions on how to make it better. Then you have another meeting where you talk through those suggestions. Then have that master person take those suggestions, rework the process, then you go to the next phase. Like, okay, I made these changes, let's try the procedure now. Give it two more weeks, and then any other issues, they write them down, and they rework it, so there are three iterations of this cross-departmental complex project, and then you roll it out to everybody. If it doesn't go that way, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And then you have an official rollout meeting. So those would be my suggestions if you're rolling something out big. We should have a whole show on 
implementation. We should, because it's it's like you can have the best procedure in the world, but if if it's not implemented well, it's worthless. So that is the ebook and the project. It is fantastic. Like you, you just download it, check it out. Follow it. Don't even follow it. And give it to somebody else to follow, <laughs> and things get better for and you. And here's the here's the beauty: when small and medium sized companies have a program, like when somebody's being inter- when you're interviewing someone and you're like, "Hey, do you have any other questions?" and they're like, "Well, what is the process for me moving up at your company?" You have an answer, and you have an answer that doesn't cost you any money, and you have an answer that will bring more value to your business because if more people can do projects, you're going to have more time to work on your business, not in your business. Um, and you can also just take the load off of your shoulders. So there are lots of benefits to having uh, an organized system to develop talent at your business. So that is this week's episode of Bootstrappers. Thanks for joining us. Like and subscribe down below, uh, if, if you will. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.